Hey, how about that? It's time for another Comics Cave episode. Uh, this one is number three, talking about uh, the West Coast Avengers, the Vision Quest storyline. And once again, uh, I am here to try to influence you to check out the Patreon for the Journey Into podcast. This particular episode uh, came out previously on Patreon in uh, April of 2022. There are other Comics Cave episodes already on Patreon. There's a lot of other extra and early stuff over there. I'm just about to send out my monthly personal address to all my Patreon subscribers. And I encourage you to head on over to patreon.com slash journey into and to take a look at the different options I have over there. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Comics Cave. It's good to see you down here. It's it's been a long time since you visited the Comics Cave. Actually, it's been a long time since I invited you <laughs> to visit the Comics Cave. Uh, this will be issue three or episode three of the Comics Cave, and I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be. Uh, talking to you about comic books again, and uh, this has been a long time in coming. <laughs> I think it was over a year ago when I had an idea of what I wanted to do for this episode of The Comics Cave, and it was all brought on because of WandaVision, and it would have been kind of cool if I could have aired this episode while WandaVision was on the air, um, but one thing I noticed was a lot of the things that happened on Disney+, Plus. Over the past year or so, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, a lot of these things tie in to what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, Loki, I'm not going to be able to fit in. <laughs> um, but hey, Moon Knight just started up and I can fit Moon Knight into our discussion here today because the comic book that I'm going to be talking to you about today is a, a run from the West Coast Avengers. At least I will always call them the West Coast Avengers. Um, at this point, I think they were referring to them as the Avengers West Coast. But I don't know. I, I've i always liked the West Coast Avengers because that's how it started out. Uh, brief history, there was a, a limited series, uh, the West Coast Avengers. And the, the whole idea of it was that Hawkeye or Clint Barton wanted to start another group of Avengers. You know, they've always been in New York, always been on the East Coast. He wanted to start up something uh, out in California. And I don't remember what the impetus was for that. I guess uh, one of the things that I'm not going to do is spend a lot of time, unless it's in the script of the comic, going through a lot of backstory of for a lot of these things. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll hit a little bit of it, but I'm going to be here all day if I have to give all the backstories of all these characters and what's happened with the Avengers and things like that. Uh, I just don't have time for that. So I will breeze through it as much as I can. And if it's, like I said, if it's part of the script in the comic book, because there's a lot of back history and stuff that we're going to see, then uh, then I'll cover it, of course. But otherwise, I'll just have to kind of hand wave at some of the stuff and uh, leave it up to you to go back and to research uh, what, what you're interested in. Um, but back in the day when it first started with this, I think it was a four-issue limited series, it was Hawkeye as the leader 
of the West Coast Avengers. And then uh, Bobby Morse or Mockingbird, who is also uh, Clint's wife, uh, was a member. And then I think it was Iron Man, Wonder Man, Tigra, and is that it? I think that that was the original lineup of the West Coast Avengers. Um, at this point, well, uh, we'll get into that in when we get into the comic. But real quick, my Moon Knight connection <laughs> to this was our conversation today in issue 42 of the West Coast Avengers. And it's a, an event titled Vision Quest. And so I'm going to be running through these Vision Quest issues. Um, in issue 41, just previous to this, was an adventure with Mockingbird and Tigra and Moon Knight, who at that time was a member of the West Coast Avengers. And so Moon Knight was a member. And so that's our tie-in <laughs> to Moon Knight for this episode. And it was kind of cool. And uh, I kind of liked Moon Knight. That was kind of my introduction to who Moon Knight was. And of course, you know, I've come to know more over the years. But in a lot of ways, I'll be going into the Disney Plus series um, pretty open because I, I'm not steeped in Moon Knight mythology. But I, I do know the character and what he looks like and the, the basic idea behind uh, Moon Knight. But yeah, so in issue 41, he decided to leave. The he felt like he needed to follow a different course, and Mockingbird also left the team. Uh, her and Clint have been separated, they've been having issues, so they've kind of split up. No divorce or anything like that, but anyway, so there's stuff going on there. So she decided she needed to go figure things out, and so she left the team. And Tigera was sad because everybody was was leaving, and so that's kind of the the breaking point there. Um, it's also, this is a brand new team. Well, yeah, pretty much a brand new team. John Byrne is taking over the comic in, in issue 42 with this vision quest. And previous to that, Tom DeFalco, who I think at the time was also editor in chief for Marvel, uh, was the, the writer of the comic. And then, uh, Ralph Macchio, not that one, <laughs> was the artist. And so, uh, now, it's uh, John Byrne's running the show. And I've always kind of enjoyed John Byrne and his writing. And so this is great to start this issue on the first issue of his his run on West Coast Avengers. So let's get into the story here. The title of this issue is One of Our Androids is Missing. And it opens up where uh, Wanda Maximoff, or Scarlet Witch, is waking up. They've been... West Coast Avengers for a little while. Um, they're staying in this guest house on this Avengers compound, which is, I believe, near L.A. somewhere. Um, but it's it's kind of, you know, it's not part of the city. It's it's out a ways, and it's this huge compound with a forest and, and all kinds of stuff at the Avengers, West Coast Avengers headquarters. So she's waking up. She's kind of foggy. Uh, she's a little bit confused because Vision's not there. And, you know, it has a comment in there that even though Vision's an android and doesn't need sleep, you know, it's been customary for them to sleep in the same bed. And so she's kind of confused, asks, you know, kind of calls out for him, doesn't know she's there. There's a lot of captions about what she's thinking and what's going on. Um, and then she gets dressed and she goes out to the compound to look for him. And it's kind of funny. It just strikes me as funny because she, 
she doesn't just get dressed in normal clothes. She gets dressed in her superhero outfit, you know, with the whole uh, headband and <laughs> the cape and all this stuff. It's like, wow, can't you just, you know, you'd think that unless they were going out to battle or whatever, they would just uh, put on normal clothes. But, you know, this is comic book stuff. So she also checks in on her twins, and we'll talk more about the twins um, as we go along. Uh, she goes outside, and uh, she hears... Uh, some accents, some things going on. And uh, so she walks across to where she hears the noise and Hawkeye is practicing and he's on this big mechanical contraption, like a gyroscope kind of thing. And he's, his feet are strapped into it and it's whipping him around and he's uh, shooting at targets. And, you know, of course, he, he's hitting the targets. As Wanda approaches, he hears a noise and instinctively shoots an arrow at her. <laughs> but Wanda uses her hex powers, which have always been kind of a strange, mysterious thing that is, can be used to do just about anything. Uh, the, the way they describe it here is that she's changing the probability. And so the probability of this arrow losing all momentum and dropping to the ground she she works with those probabilities, and, and that's what happens. She She's able to stop the arrow before it hits her. And uh, she's talking to Hawkeye. He's like, whoa, what are you doing up out here so early? And she's like, I'm looking for Vision. He's I can't find him. He's not around. And he's like, okay, well, let me help you. And he pulls up this little comm badge thing or whatever, and he, he calls, you know, on all channels or whatever, Vision, we're looking for you. If you're out there, let let me know. And uh, at this point, uh, Hank Pym answers the call. Just says, "Hey, what's up?" And he tells him, and, and he says, "Wow, everybody's up early." And Hank is like, "Yeah, that, I was doing a diagnostic last night on the computer systems here, and uh, my my calculation didn't finish, or something looks wrong. So I, I'm investigating that." And. <laughs> At this point, uh, Hank Pym is a member of the West Coast Avengers, but there's no gimmick. There's no superhero costume. He's just Hank Pym uh, in a in like a red jumpsuit is the only thing he really has for a, a costume or whatever. And, you know, he's been lots of things. <laughs> he's not Ant-Man at this point. He's not Goliath. He's not Yellow Jacket. He's not any of those personas, uh, because, you know, he's had some issues in the past. He's been gone to the dark side and come back and all these kinds of things. And so he's just hanging out with the West Coast Avengers here as just Hank Pym. No, no code name or nothing else. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun to see him in that role, but they, their conversation gets cut off and he's like, that didn't sound natural. Something's wrong. And so he goes running out to, to figure out what's going on and he runs out and he discovers that Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye are now fighting Ultron. And it's like, oh my gosh. And so he goes to help out. And now Ultron in the comic books was not created by Tony Stark. Ultron back in the day was created by Hank Pym and has been a recurring foe that the Avengers have had to fight for years and years. And there's all these different iterations of Ultron. So now, yeah, now we see that Ultron is attacking Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch out there. So it's not only Hank that goes out. Tigra hears something and Wasp 
hear something, Janet Van Dyne, she's now a member, also a member of the West Coast Avengers. And uh, not too long from this issue, uh, it could have been a year or two, whatever, but she was like the leader of the Avengers for a while. Um, and now she, she's not the leader, but she still likes to give orders. In fact, Wonder Man, who's also coming out to join the fray, has a thought bubble and thinks about that. He's like, boy, she, for not being the leader, she uh, sure likes to give orders and stuff like that. Uh, so Wonder Man <laughs> has been showing up in lots of forums as well. And, you know, he's, his powers are essentially, he's strong. I think he, he's made out of ionic energy or something like that. And that's where a lot of his powers come from. He flies around on these jet packs that are on his hips and he's always had those jet packs. But I think I like this iteration of, of, uh, Simon. Well, Simon Williams is his name, but I, I like this iteration of Waterman better than most of the other ones. He's had some pretty weird costumes. And uh, this one's pretty cool. He has a mullet going on. And he kind of has like a, it's like a spandex uniform, but it's kind of a tank top at the, at the top to show off his muscles or whatever. And he's got a, it's, it's mostly a, a blue or a black uniform, but it's got a red W across it. And no similarities between Marvel's Wonder Man and DC's Wonder Woman at all. Uh, Tigra, uh, I don't want, like I said, I'm not going to go into all the backstory, but she is uh, pretty much looks like a, a humanoid tiger. You know, she's got the fur, she's got the stripes. Uh, her hair becomes kind of like a mane that goes down her back a little bit. And um, she wears a, a little bikini thing, but essentially, you know, she's a, a human tiger. <laughs> so she did, she was having a bad dream or a dream where she was chasing a, a deer and was, was tearing it apart. And she wakes up and she's actually devouring her pillow. And there's feathers everywhere. And she goes, man, I wonder if these are getting worse. I wonder if I should tell the rest of the team kind of thing. So there's something going on with Tigra. Uh, but anyway, back to the battle with Ultron. So people show up. Uh, Wonder Man starts to fight against Ultron and makes some headway, at least enough to, to give Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch a, a break. And because uh, Scarlet Witch's powers, hex powers, didn't seem to work at all against Ultron. And she was kind of confused about that. And Hank didn't have any arrows that would really penetrate anything. <clears throat> and the Scarlet Witch is kind of looking on kind of frightenedly. And she's like, oh, where, where is the vision? Where could he be? And she goes, and now Ultron's here. And it starts to remind her of things. And so, you know, you could do the doodloo, doodloo, doodloo. And we go into some backstory explanations and uh, where she's thinking about uh, we're going way back to the beginning of, before Marvel Comics existed, um, we're, we're talking about uh, Phineas Horton, who was a scientist, and he created an android. And when the android was exposed to oxygen, he would flame up. And so he became the very first human torch. This is back in the 40s. So the, the android learned how to control his flame, and he became one of the invaders, you know, with Captain America and Submariner back during World War II, and uh, he even had a little sidekick named Toro. <laughs> um, but at some point, uh, he was losing control of his heat powers, and he went out into the desert and flamed as much as he could, and then he fell down to the desert and didn't know what happened to him after that. Well, 
eventually, somehow, the, the mad thinker revives the human torch. And the, the thinker, you know, pretty much led him to go attack the Fantastic Four. And so the original Android Human Torch, of course, fought against the new Johnny Storm Human Torch from the Fantastic Four and fought against them. But in order to escape the Fantastic Four, the Mad Thinker caused the Human Torch to go out of control again. And he flared out and was pretty much comatose at that point, you know, a dead android. And so the Fantastic Four uh, wasn't sure what to do with him necessarily, so they just left him in their lab. Uh, but at some point later on, Ultron 5 found the original android. And because I guess the mad thinker told him where it was going to be. And at that point, we kind of come back and to the battle here with, with the new Ultron that, that's attacking the West Coast Avengers. And Hank Pym kind of notices that uh, Ultron is taking a beating. Not necessarily that he's running out of juice or anything, but his his suit is being uh, dented and things like that. And so he thinks about that and he comes up with an idea. So he says, Wonder Man, come, come over here for a minute. And he touches him with some pin particles and shrinks Wonder Man down to really, you know, Ant-Man size or whatever. And he tells Simon to fly into the mouth of Ultron and down into his circuitry. And Wonder Man's like, okay, I don't really know what this is going to do. But he gets down in there and then he starts to grow. Like it says after 12 seconds or whatever. And so the pin particles must have only been programmed or whatever to work for 12 seconds. And so as he begins to grow inside, um, eventually he comes to full height and pretty much rips Ultron into nothing and de defeats this robot. And so it wasn't the real Ultron. It wasn't made out of adamantium. Um, he didn't have consciousness. He was just being used. You know, and a lot of them felt foolish because... You know, why didn't you realize before that it wasn't the real Ultron? And there's, he's like, well, it looks like Ultron. We fought him before, that kind of thing. But then I think Scarlet Witch asks, well, why would somebody send a fake Ultron after us? And Hank said, well, probably to distract us. And so they all go running off in different directions to try to figure out what's going on or find, you know, see if there's something else going on in the compound. Uh, so at this point, Wanda goes back into remembering things that happened in the past. And uh, so in a, in a previous issue, they had learned some stuff from Amortis. And we'll talk more about Amortis as this goes on. And Amortis had kind of revealed the origins of where the vision came from. And so that's what Wanda is remembering here. And so Ultron 5 going back into her memories, brought the human torch android uh, back to Phineas Horton and said, you need to revive him. Um, he is mine now. But you, Professor Horton, and he, you know, he, he had something on Professor Horton or something. That's why he was cooperating. And, uh, but he says, I don't want him to be the same. I want him to be different. Uh, because Ultron, you know, wants him to, to totally you know, be something different than the hero that he has been in the past. He wants him to be work for him kind of thing. And so they give him a new face, you know, they give him the red skin 
And so once they're done, you know, he's he's in the form of the vision we know with the red skin and the green outfit with the yellow cape and all that kind of stuff. And Ultron 5 uses him to uh, go against the Avengers. But eventually Vision uh, sides with the Avengers and eventually becomes an Avenger. And so that's we're kind of learning the history of, of who Vision is here or being reminded. And, you know, that eventually Vision and the Scarlet Witch uh, met each other. While she's having these memories, now, now we see her. She's uh, looking over a cliffside out at the ocean. And uh, she gets a, a notice from the comlink or whatever from Hank Pym saying, uh, we found something about Ultron, but you need we, we need to tell you in person. Please, please come back to the, the headquarters or whatever. And so she goes back and she's like, what? What have you found out about my husband? And Hank Pym pretty much tells her that he's gone. They can't find him anywhere. In fact, somebody put a virus in their computer system and has erased all knowledge or data or information about the vision. And not only that, but this virus has connected to the East Coast Avengers mainframe and, and the Fantastic Four and S.H.I.E.L.D. and all these other computer systems and erased, again, all the information and data about Vision out of all their, their computers and memories. No, no knowledge exists anymore. It's like he's been completely erased. And of course, you know, Scarlet Witch is, is upset and frustrated and, you know, she's asking, you know, who could do such a thing and how could this happen? And, you know, Hank says, well, basically, you know, it had to be somebody on the inside with knowledge of our codes and our systems and things like that. And then Hawkeye says, one of the Avengers has turned traitor, but who? And then you see a caption coming from behind him. Is that really so hard to guess, Hawk? And then the next page is a splash page and you see Mockingbird in her full getup in the doorway of the room that they're in. And she says, what's the matter, lover? Aren't you pleased to see your little wifey again? And everybody's like, what? Mockingbird? And that's the end of the issue. <laughs> and so we're left to find out next time what, uh, what's going on. What, how is Mockingbird involved in this? Which brings us right in to issue 43. And issue 43 is titled Vision Quest, which is also the name of this series. You know, up in the, the upper right-hand corner of the cover of the magazine, you know, it has Vision Quest continues, you know, so it's, it's one of those things. But then inside on the, on the title page, we, we see that the name of the issue is also Vision Quest. And we see an incredulous Hawkeye. Just can't believe that Mockingbird is the one who betrayed them. He, he just can't believe it. And I have to say, I really enjoy the art in this. Uh, I told you John Byrne was writing this, but John Byrne is also drawing this. And I've always liked Byrne's art style uh, from back in the X-Men days when he was doing that with Chris Claremont. And there's this great image of Bobby Morse, Mockingbird, kind of, you know, sitting there with her arms folded. And Hawkeye's coming at her, and Wonder Man's kind of holding her back, and everybody's there trying to figure things out. And so, you know, Hank says, hey, 
we'll listen to what you have to say. You know, what, what's going on? Why are you here? What, what, what's the story here? And so she, she tells them that uh, she's been had. And then she goes into this long explanation, this back story. And, uh, there's quite a bit of that in these first few episodes. And so basically the backstory is, you know, when she split up with Hawkeye and she was left, she, she went by herself just, you know, stewing and trying to figure things out. And a shield agent came to her door and said, we need your help. You know, cause she was, she came from a shield. So she's been an Avenger and a shield agent. And she says that she, she's trying to remember if there was anything that was suspicious about what was going on, but everything seemed legit. They took her to this facility that seemed like a shield facility. She got introduced to this uh, Cameron Brock, who was the the lead, the head of this project um, that they called Vigilance. And apparently, I guess I'm not a big Avengers history. You know, I didn't read. I haven't read a lot of Avengers, especially back issues. You know, I did collect it for a time. I could tell you about a lot of the storylines that I read, but I don't know a lot of the lore and the history of the Avengers. And apparently, at one point in the in the past, Vision took over the entire the the nuclear arsenal of the entire world and was in control of of all these computers that controlled all the bombs, all the nuclear uh, bombs in the world. And I don't know why he did that, or but you know. Mockingbird, you know, assured the guy that, no, you know, he's recovered now. We've put things in place so that that'll never happen again. He says, yeah, but I don't think that's enough. You know, we were fine with it when the Vision and Scarlet Witch were playing happy family and living in New Jersey. But now that they're, oh, there's a connection to WandaVision, right? New Jersey. They didn't say the town in New Jersey, but it probably matches up with whatever town was in in WandaVision. But anyway, and he says, but now they're back to active status as Avengers here on the West Coast. And so they want to put things in place to assure that nothing will ever happen with, with Vision again. And so they pretty much sold her on it and she believed and, and, you know, wanted to serve her country. And so she agreed to help them. So, you know, with her knowledge of the codes and computers, she came up with a way that they could get onto the, get into the Avengers compound unnoticed and install, you know, this computer virus and even abduct vision, you know, and again, Hawkeye's just can't believe it. He's like, you know, where the heck is your loyalty? And then she says, well, it was first to my country and that's what I thought I was doing. And they thanked her for her service. And, you know, she wasn't so sure she wanted to go back and check on a few things, you know, fine tune a few things. And then she saw something that was never in her plan. And that was when she saw the, the building of the, the Ultron, the fake Ultron that they had used. And then she, she noticed that they had this, that there was a plan to plant a post hypnotic suggestion on Wanda as she slept so that her hex powers would not be able to work on the fake Ultron. And, uh, you know, Bobby got all upset, went and talked to the, the head guy and said, this isn't going to fly. You're going to get people hurt. I was never in for this. What are you doing? Why is this changing? And you're going to have to change it all. Take, take all that stuff out. 
And he says, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I guess you no longer are going to work for us. And then the security team tries to take her away. They beat her up, but eventually she gets tagged with a tranquilizer and they put her in uh, a cell. Basically, she wakes up in a cell and she realizes based on her knowledge, you know, through S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, that it was of Russian design, even though they're in America. Uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. And she realized that it was KGB. And they're like, what? The Russians are involved? You know, and of course, this was, you know, back in, well, I guess this would have been the late 80s, right? Close to the 90s. But anyway, it was still during the Cold War and all that kind of stuff. And so the Russians, you know, were, were still seen as a threat and all that kind of stuff. And so they're like, well, what, what do the Russians want with them? And Bobby says, well, probably their story that they were telling was probably pretty close, but they weren't doing it as shield. They were doing it as the Russians. Um, but again, this attack was never part of her plan. And so they're, well, then they're asking, well, why didn't you tell us sooner? We could have stopped this. And she says, well, I was there, you know, I had to, I had to wait for the right opportunity and eventually she was able to escape, but you know, weeks had gone by. And so she came as soon as she could, but it was obviously too late. And then they're asking her, then what was your attitude when you first showed up here? You know, it was almost like you were, you were in on it. And then Bobby tries to explain, I wanted to read this. She says, I was, I was upset, embarrassed. I've been played for a fool. And when I came in on all of you and realized that it was too late, realized that it was my, all my fault, well, maybe it was something about seeing Hawkeye again. It seems like he always had the power to make me say the wrong thing, like I do. <laughs> I thought that was, wow, that's that's the little uh, little hit there. And then Hank Pym, you know, kind of says, okay, well, well, we'll talk about your your actions later or whatever. We need to go find him. You know where it is. And so they take off in the Quinjet and they're, they're going to head to where this facility is. And, you know, Bobby is apologizing to Wanda and, and Wanda says, I, I understand your reasons, but I, I can't condone them. I, I you know, I'm going to have to think about this. And so they eventually get there and there's this thing going on where you know, like I said before, Wasp used to be the, the chairman of the Avengers. And so she kind of takes charge and says, okay, Hank, you know, make a low pass and I'll go down in Wasp form and I'll scope things out and see where everything, everybody's at and, and, uh, whatever. And then Hawkeye's like, Hey, you know, last I checked, I was the leader of the West coast Avengers. And then she says, okay, okay, Clint, wh what do you want to do? He says, well, basically the, the same thing you just said, <laughs> but you know, it, it, I, it, I always felt bad for Hawkeye and I didn't know him back in the old days, you know, when he was a villain and he was always kind of a hothead. Right. But I, I don't know. I always had a soft spot for, for Hawkeye, even though, you know, he, he made a lot of messes himself. I, I don't know. I always liked the character. So that plays in there. There's another quick little thing where, you know, when Wasp is talking to Hank and that and telling him what to do, He's like, all right, Dart. I mean, right, Jan. So he was going to call her darling. And there was something in the last issue where when Wasps came out and, oh, I didn't, I didn't know she was, I thought she was staying in the main mansion, not with Hank. And so evidently Hank and Jan are, 
are going to get back together, Wasp and, and Hank. And, you know, there, there's the classic thing where many, 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 many issues ago when he was on the edge and he was a lot going on, he ended up slapping her. And they were married, you know, as well back in the day. So all these relationship things are going on. I always like how Byrne always has these side things going on, even though there's action and intrigue and all this stuff. There's always this stuff, relation stuff going on in the background. I I like how he does that. Uh, so Wasp goes and uh, looks around. Of course, nobody notices her, but the... She's, it's such a huge facility. She'll never be able to do it. And so she reaches out and gets the ants to help her. And the ants pretty much communicate with her that there's a lot going on in this one area. So she goes to this area. It ends up being section 31, which there's always a section 31, right? <laughs> but uh, the doors to this room are sealed. She can't get through. And so she goes uh, to try to find another way. And then there's these two guys walking down the hall and she, you know, flies away and, but listens to their conversation and they're talking in American accents. So she's like, that's strange. I I thought they'd be Russian. And then uh, she kind of follows them to this guy and, and there's two security guards outside this other cell. And, uh, you know, they're talking about how, how, how is the old guy in the room, you know, why don't we just let this guy go? He's, he can't do anything. And the guy's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're paid to do what we're told. And, uh, she's like, well, who are they talking about? Who's in the, in the cell? And then they open the little visor window and then she flies in and she's like, Oh, it can't be. But then in true classic comic form, the stuff that I love, there's a caption. At the bottom, it says, sorry, Sorry, readers, readers, but the startling revelation behind the Wasp Wasp discovery will have to wait until next issue. issue. Right Right now, now, you know, like, meanwhile, (laughs) we're going to go back to the Quinjet. And basically, at this point, uh, Wanda is still going back in her memory and remembering her time with Vision. And, you know, she's talking about the first time that they met and she didn't know who he was. And... She was a captive. And I always like these little breakdowns because they just say things like, you know, she's narrating and she just says things that, you know, if you, if it wasn't a comic and you were just talking about normal life things, it, it just wouldn't happen. Like she says, I was a captive of the dimension spanning barbarian known as Archon. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, me too. I, I remember when something like that happened to me. Um, anyway, she talks about, you know, how they work side by side as Avengers and, and then eventually at one point, and this is a whole history, there's a lot of history here. Um, but at one point there was a search for who is going to be the celestial Madonna. And I'm not going to get into all that. There's a whole bunch of stuff around that, but apparently three women were being considered for who is going to be the celestial Madonna. And there was moon dragon, uh, mantis. And, and the Scarlet Witch were, were being considered. And there's another, another little caption there. It says, a note, a note to new to readers, readers. antennae notwithstanding, Mantis, Mantis has, has nothing, nothing to do with the wasp. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. You know, p- people might think, oh, that's, that's, uh, Jan. That's the wasp, not Mantis. But so yeah, I'm not going to get into all that history. But then she talks about how, yes, uh, Vision learned that where his true origins came from. So he had more of a sense of history and who he was. And so that led him to eventually profess his love 
you know, back to the old uh, Professor Horton and Ultron stuff. And so he asked her to marry him. And she said, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and then uh, eventually Mantis was chosen as the Celestial Madonna. And I've always known her as that. So uh, that's interesting history. Uh, but then they had a double wedding. So Immortus, which I always thought Immortus was a was a villain, but I don't know, whatever, uh, uh, officiated at a double wedding. The Scarlet Witch and the Vision got married, and Mantis, as the Celestial Madonna, got married to the ghost of uh, the Swordsman. And again, I'm not going to go into all that <laughs> history. You, you can look that up, or you know, maybe maybe it'll come up in a in a future Comics Cave episode. But uh, you know, then she just talks about how not everybody agreed with her marriage or understood it. Of course, her brother is Quicksilver, uh, Pietro Maximoff, and he wanted nothing to do with it. You know that. You know, I, I can't believe you have feelings for this machine kind of thing. But despite it all, they loved each other. And darn it, they're going to make it in the world. <laughs> and uh, and then at the very, the very last caption here of her remembrances, uh, she said, all the more so when I used my power to warp probabilities and caused my womb to bring forth the fruits of an otherwise impossible mingling of mutant and android. Our twin sons, William and Thomas. And so this is where the children came from. And of course, the children played a big role also in uh, WandaVision. And so it's just kind of fun to see the origins of these things and how it played out in the comics. Uh, But then it segues, once they mention the twins, it says, and speaking of the children, speaking of Wanda's children, it goes to this page where we have like a nanny or a governess, I guess. A newly hired governess, it says, is watching over the boys. She takes them out of the crib. She goes and puts them in the bath. She's talking to them and going on and on. And then she turns around and she's like, oh, my Lord, no. And then there's another caption. I love it. Yep. Yep. We're going to do it to you again, reader. The follow up to this scene is next ish right now. (laughs) And then it goes back to the Avengers. Goes back and then in the Quinjet, and the Quinjet starts to get fired on. And they're like, What's going on with this? And Wonder Man says, Well, they've declared war, so I'm going down. So he jumps out of the bottom of the Quinjet and lands down on the on the roof and takes out a couple cannons and then rips open the the ceiling and drops down. And then we see the I can't remember what his name is, but the head of the Project Vigilance. And he says, What what are you doing? Why are you, why are we shooting on the Avengers? And a guy tells him that there was, uh, they were automatically set if, if the same aircraft, you know, flew by three times or whatever. He says, yeah, but that's not any aircraft. That's the, that's an Avengers Quinjet. We don't want to draw their attention. And then Wonder Man shows up and says, you already have kind of thing. And then by this time, so the Quinjet lands and everybody else comes out. And Mockingbird is going to show him where to go because she, she's familiar with the area. And there's this guy that shows up with a gun and he's going to take her out. But Wanda, once again, uses her hex powers to uh, make all of the bullets in his gun uh, be duds, it says. So, yeah, all these probabilities she she can manipulate. And that's that's what she did. And then Mockingbird takes him out. Hawkeye uses a special arrow to buzzsaw open the 
the door that they're trying to get through. And he's feeling pretty good about that. And then Hank Pym says, nice work, Hawkeye. But now we gotta, we're now we're going to need to split up if we're going to search this place efficiently. And Hawkeye's like, oh, I was in charge for like a, a small moment. You know, so the, this, there's this stuff going on in the back of his mind. Uh, so Scarlet Witch stays with Mockingbird because she thinks that, you know, she'll, she'll be the one to find Vision. And they, this other guy's walking down the hall and Mockingbird, you know, grabs him and starts interrogating him. And she's really rough. She's really upset. And Wanda's kind of like, whoa, 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 you know, hold on, Bobby. You know, are you sure? And she, but they get their answers that uh, Vision is being kept in 31, section 31. And this is the code to get in. And so they take off and, you know, Wanda's like, you wouldn't have killed him, would you? And she's like, looks like we'll never know. Here's section 31. And so uh, Bobby at this point is really worried. Uh, There was, the guy said something to her that made her say, no, it shouldn't be that far along yet. I can't believe they're doing that. And so then they run to section 31. She puts in the code, the door opens and they're, they're looking in the door and she says, Bobby, what is that? And Bobby says, well, you wanted to find your husband. Here he is. And they, we look down, they're up on a little uh, balcony thing, and they look down to this huge laboratory, and there's men working at computer stations. But you see metal, like, like an android, strewn out across this humongous table. Um, just circuits and parts and wires and all this stuff. And you see, like like the crumpled red remnants of his skin just laying off to the side, you know, like, like a snake shed their skin and it's, you know, it's red. And so that's the end of this episode. And so you're like, holy crap, the vision's been totally dismantled and strewn on this table. And again, right. This is where they get this from for one division. Uh, it was, it's done differently. And we see it in a different way, but this this is where it comes from. This is the source of all that stuff. But they don't even have the head of the vision. You can't even see, you know, like in on WandaVision, the TV show, uh, you you saw the helmet, you know, his head, basically. But yeah, it's not even that. It's just circuits. You can see where there's eyes and stuff like that. He kind of looks like uh, Warlock from the New Mutants, only it's all gray circuitry instead of black and and yellow or whatever but yeah really disturbing image to see, to see that and that's where we are at the end of 43 and i i'm trying not to make this too long but we got we got to get through this and i and i i want to give you the flavor and all the little tidbits that that make this fun to read but that of course you know that that's the cliffhanger and it leads us right into issue 44 <laughs> So issue 44, titled Better a Widow, which is a very interesting title. Uh, The first page of this comic has a close-up of the former face of Vision. It's got a couple eye sensors. It's got a little bit of where his nose might be and some uh, part of his skull a little bit. And I guess, so I guess there's metal underneath here, but there's so many wires and circuits and stuff coming in and out of his face that, I mean, it just looks, I might have to take some screenshots or something and uh, put it on this episode 
But I, I wanted to read you the the opening captions from this front page. It says, once it was a face, a face that spoke and smiled and sometimes laughed. Once even shed a happy tear. Once these eyes looked out into the world with gentle compassion and sometimes cold steel rage. He was called the Vision. He is no longer aware of that. He is no longer aware of anything. Least of all, the identity of the woman who is his wife. And then it shows uh, the Scarlet Witch up by his face. You know, he remember, he's laid out on this huge table where his body is, is strung out to all these circuits and wires and everything like that. And if you look at his head, all these wires and stuff are, are plugged into different ports. Uh, like, he, like it's a, a giant circuit board kind of thing. And, of course, Wanda is distraught. And she's saying, it can't be you, it can't be you. And then it shows all these scientists off on the side. And they're like, that's the Scarlet Witch. I thought the Avengers were going to be kept busy while we... And then Scarlet Witch turns around. She has this really nasty, angry look on her face. You know, Byrne does such a good job with that. And she's like, while you what... She grabs the guy by the lapels. What have you done to him? And then Bobby starts to explain, you know, because she she was in on what the contingency plan was going to be. She didn't realize it was what they were going to do now. And so she explains that that he's been completely erased. And she reminds Wanda that, uh, you know, Vision once tapped into every computer system on Earth and took control of them. And the motive of that contingency plan was to to strip the vision of all the data that he might have picked up on the security networks. And then, you know, Wanda kind of still in denial. She said, but I thought Hank said that the KGB, he would be more useful to KGB uh, with his memory intact. And then Wonder Man walks in and he's got the, the head of this project vigilance right (laughs) under his arm and he's walking him into this building and you know he says you explain it to her and so he basically explains that uh, he's a canadian that he's they this whole operation has representatives from every nation in the world so you know australia london russia it doesn't say China specifically, but he says every nation in the world. And so this is so much bigger than what Mockingbird was even led to believe. And he once again reiterates that, uh, you know, they were fine with Vision when he wasn't an active Avenger. But when he became an active Avenger again, I guess that was the turning point. And then they got the go for the operation to do this. And he's he's very compliant. He says, now that the work is done, and that the vision has been erased. I don't mind telling you all this. And he even makes a joke that when the vision took over all the nuclear arsenal and all the computer systems of the world, his goal was to help unify the world. 
And in a way, he says, they accomplished, he accomplished that because we've, the, we've all worked together to eradicate him, basically. And, you know, it really brings up, you know, I, I think of the Star Trek, the next generation episode, the measure of a man where, you know, data is put on trial. Is he the property of Starfleet or is he sentient? Is, does he have rights? even as an android, as a synthetic being. And the same thing could be applied here. And obviously the answer to all the governments of the world is no. Vision is a piece of property. He's a machine. He doesn't have rights. He doesn't have, uh, you know, his sentience doesn't matter, essentially. Which, I know, going back and reading this, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised that that's the attitude and that they did this. I mean, I'm, I'm as flabbergasted. Well, maybe not as flabbergasted as Wanda is here, but you know, she's saying, well, you know, we can put them back together again. And then by this time, Hank comes in and he says, it's, it's not that easy. You know, yeah, we can probably reconstruct his body and put him together, but who he was, his distinct memories it's it's going to be hard to re- replace. And then I don't think I mentioned this before, but maybe I did. But the vision's brain patterns were uh, transferred from Simon Williams from Wonder Man. At the time, they thought Wonder Man was dead, but he was made out of this ionic energy or whatever. And they thought he was dead. So they transferred his not. I don't think they transferred, but they, they at least copied Simon Williams's brain waves and put it into vision. And that gave him his part of his consciousness or whatever. And so, you know, but Hank says, even if we do that, that still, he's still, he's still, we still can't guarantee he's going to be the same old vision that we had. It's, it's going to be very, very difficult to do. You know, all of his experiences with the Avengers, all of his experiences with Wanda, his love for her could could just be gone. There's there's no way to replicate that. And she's, you know, Wanda's getting more and more distraught. And, you know, Hank says, well, let's just focus on putting them back together first. I don't know how hard or easy that's going to be. He says, even though the original Human Torch, the, the android, was built 50 years ago, he said the old Torch was the most sophisticated robot ever created. And then we have another entrance you know, somebody from the side of the panel says, that sounds like a cue for me to make my dramatic entrance. <laughs> and then the wasp arrives. And who does she have but a very aged Professor Horton? And if you remember, you know, that was one of the cliffhangers was, who is this old geezer in the being detained? And it was the original Horton. And they're like, great. Oh, it's a, it's a godsend that we, that you're here. You can help us. And then the, the head of the operations, I can't remember what his name is, Braxton or Braden or something like that says, that's what we thought too. We, we tried to find a relative of Dr. Horton because he was believed to be dead, Professor Horton. Uh, but we found the actual person. We found him and he came, we brought him in to help us with this mission and this vision. But then Professor Horton says, this is not my work. I've never seen this kind of construction before. And everybody's like, what? They can't believe it. And of course, 
uh, Wanda's in full denial. You know, she's like, who are you? you? You're not the real Professor Horton. You're somebody pretending to be him. Of course, you know, we, we know who this is and all that kind of stuff. Or, you know, we, we know where he came from, where Vision came from. And uh, then we go off to some side things before we get back to the main Vision story. One of them I'm going to tell you about because it's about the West Coast Avengers. And then one of them um, is leading to a storyline that's going to happen down the road. You know, a good comic will do that. They'll put little hints of, hey, this is something that's going on that's going to affect future issues of this comic, you know, so they have to, to bring this in. So I'm not going to talk about that in this episode. I might do a little extra episode about that in particular but and, and share it with everybody. But anyway, I don't want to get too sidelined by stuff. But the, the one that I'll tell you about, they're in the compound. You know, Hawkeye and Tigra are still running through the complex. You know, they haven't come together with everybody yet. And uh, they're they're going through. They're trying to find Vision or whatever. And then Tiger goes on ahead, and then he hears her growling and snarling, and he goes, oh, she must be in trouble. And he goes ahead, uh, but she's not in trouble. She's, like, gone wild or whatever, and she's cornered these two guys uh, in this room, and they're they're trying to hold her back with, like, a broom or something like that. And he gets her attention. He's like, hey, hey, Tigra, Greer. You know, he calls her by her, her human name, not her code name. Her original name was Greer Grant, <laughs> which I always thought was a strange name. Whenever they called her Greer, I thought it was her last name. But uh, it was her first name, which I had never heard before. But yeah, she Tiger goes way back to the 70s, I think, is when she was created. And I don't think she was originally called Tigra. She was like the cat or something like that. I can't remember. But uh, anyway, I remember, I'm not going into backstories <laughs> uh, too much here. Of course, Vision, we're exploring quite a bit. And so anyway, then she notices Hawkeye and he's like, uh-oh. And then she, you see her like full on going to attack him and then it cuts away. So we don't know exactly what what happened there. So back to Scarlet Witch and everybody there, you know, they're they're taking Professor Horton away uh, you know, he's been, he, do, he doesn't, he's probably not doing very good because he's been kept captive. He's a very old man. And again, you know, Wanda is questioning everything. You know, there's a policeman there. He says, what do you want me to do with these guys you've captured? And Hank says, well, I doubt if there's much we can do. If, if this was sanctioned by our government and every government in the world, there's probably no way to hold on to these guys or hold them accountable. And they probably have diplomatic immunity and you know, even Wasp at this point is like, there's nothing we can do. They can just kidnap one of us and dismantle him. And again, you know, Hank's like, you know, and Hank's like, yeah, there's not much we can do. And again, it seems again, like Hank is leading this whole thing. Hawkeye is supposed to be the leader, but he says that he is going to register a complaint um, with Agent Sikorsky, who's their government liaison. You know, there, there's always kind of a strange relationship between the American government and the Avengers. Uh, which you see in the MCU, obviously, with the Sokovia Accords or whatever. But anyway, he, he says, okay, I'm going to definitely complain to Agent Sikorsky. Eventually, Hawkeye and Tigra come back and join everybody. And, you know, Hawkeye kind of covers for Tigra. You know, he says, oh, yeah, we we got into a little mess, but whatever. Uh, everything's okay. And then, the, then they're going to leave. They're going to head back to the Avengers mansion and try to put 
Vision back together and see what they can do. And Wanda's like, I'll be right with you as soon as I'm done here. And then I wanted to read you, this is what comics are great for, these captions, these narrations and stuff. So let me let me read you what it says here about what the Scarlet Witch does. And it, it just explains, again, her power and how it works. And uh, it's kind of interesting here. Around the mutant form of the Scarlet Witch, reality itself begins to shift and flow. To calculate the odds against every bit of the building material in a structure, every board and nail, every beam and rivet, every pane of glass, every hinge, staple, spot of glue all reaching their point of maximum fatigue at precisely the same moment. To calculate the odds against this would require the manipulation of numbers so huge there is not a computer on the earth up to the task. Wanda does not know this. Her knowledge of science has been but little enhanced since the villainous Magneto brought her out of her Balkan home. She knows only that she wishes the terrible place expunged, dead, and the building dies. And it just has this huge splash page of the entire complex, the entire building just crumbling to the ground with the Scarlet Witch standing there defiantly with her cape flowing and all this stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. There's another moment coming up in another comic that uh, is very similar and it's really cool. But anyway, so they get back to the Avengers complex, you know, Hank's going to go to work and then they see this red alarm bell beeping and you know hank says hey that's the that's the internal distress signal from the guest house somebody there must have pushed the panic button and scarlet witch is like the panic button and she thinks about her kids and she runs as fast as she can to the guest house and you know the first person she sees is is miss bach who strangely still is hovering her hand over the panic button or whatever kind of alarm button here, which I I don't know. That that seems strange to me a little bit. And Miss Bach is a little bit startled to see Wanda there. And she's like, oh, I, I, I was giving them their bath. You know, she tells them, she tells Wanda what happened. You know, I only looked away for a second, but when I looked back, they, they were gone. They were just gone. And she's like, gone. And she runs into the bathroom. And the twins are there. They're playing in the bathtub, just happy and fine. Thomas and William, you know. And she hugs them. And and uh, Miss Bach can't believe it. She goes, but they were gone. I searched everywhere. And Wanda's just mad. And she pretty much fires Miss Bach right there. Uh, you know, says she has a sick sense of humor. And, you know, pretty much says, pack your bags. You're done. Uh, by that time, Janet gets there, the wasp. And, you know, she talks to Miss Bach and she goes, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, there's not much I can do. I'm not the chairman of the Avengers anymore. And also this is a private matter between you and, and Wanda. But uh, I can make sure that you, you get a good severance pay. And so Miss Bach says, thank you. But yeah, she's done. Uh, later on, outside the, the med lab, Wanda is, is sitting there stewing, waiting to hear something from Hank. And Simon comes in, Wonder Man comes in uh, to talk to her. He says, oh, don't you think you should get some sleep? And she's like, there's no way that I can get any sleep. And, you know, it's it's like the middle of the night at this point. You know, she says the, the work is moving along, but it's going very slowly. Hank had told her that at least with this jigsaw puzzle, 
you know, the pieces, there's only one place the pieces can go, but it's still taking a long time to, to put them together. Uh, they talk a little bit about Professor Horton. She still doesn't believe that he's the right guy because of what they learned from Immortus. Uh, Wonder Man says, you know, to be honest, I've always been kind of bothered by the fact that Vision learned all of the missing details from Immortus because, you know, Immortus really isn't a trustworthy guy in his opinion. Uh, they're interrupted by thumping sounds from the lab that they're outside. And it sounds like there's a, there's a, like a battle going on. Uh, so Wonder Man rips open the door and there's a bunch of steam coming out of the room or whatever. And then this arm reaches out of the steam and grabs Simon by the face and pushes him down. And then out of the steam walks like the Terminator, right? Except the Terminator has muscles and infused metal in his body. But the skull is a complete uh, metal skull and looks like the Terminator, right? So this is the, the skeleton or whatever of the vision. And, you know, Wanda tries to, oh, vision, vision, you're alive and goes up close to her. He throws her down as well. And she was kind of thrown off guard so she couldn't protect herself. And then, you know, vision's coming after her. And again, this is a horrific version of the vision. <laughs> like I said, like a Terminator with muscles. Well, I guess Arnold had muscles too, didn't he? But so Wonder Man, you know, he's trying to fight off, but you know, he's just getting thrown around like a rag doll. There's really nothing he can do against this version of the vision. Um, eventually Hawkeye shows up and, you know, tries to help with his arrows. You know, he puts a, a steel cable around the vision, but he just breaks through that. Wonder Man is telling Scarlet Witch she has to do something. You know, she has to use her hex powers against the vision. She goes, I don't know if I can do that against the man I love. And Hawkeye starts getting thrown around now. Uh, Wonder Man's still in the fray. Scarlet Witch tries to do something, tries to use her hex powers against it. But she's like, oh, I just can't. And she's breaking down. And eventually uh, Hank shows up and he's got like an off switch thing. Uh, it's the same neutralizer or whatever that the, that the people used against the vision initially to, to help him escape. So now the vision's on the, on the ground and, you know, Hank says, well, yeah, that was kind of stupid of me. I shouldn't have reactivated. I should have realized that by reactivating him, you know, he's going to act in, de in defense and not going to know who, who these people are. At this point, Hawkeye gets pissed. <laughs> he's like, I'm calling Washington DC right now. And so, you know, it, it's like, what, what did I say? 3 a.m. in the, in the morning. On the West Coast, so on the East Coast, you know, it's, it's around 6 or a little after 6. He doesn't care. He wakes up Agent Sikorsky, and he's demanding to know, what are they going to do about the vision? You know, what, what are you going to do about it? And Sikorsky says, you don't, you don't get it. We've already done it. You know, we were part of this. You know, the CIA was in on it. The vision represents no further threat to the security of this nation or any other. And, he, you know, he pretty much says, now... We have no problem with the Avengers, you know, reprogramming him and and having him as a member of the team. By this, this time, Hank gets there and he's like, you know, it's not that easy. You know, he says, you've destroyed all trace of his former personality. And in all intents and purposes, he's dead, you know, and which is true. They pretty much killed somebody and nobody seems to care about that. You know, he, he says, you, you, I, I can't believe what you've done to, to Wanda. 
And Sikorsky's like, well, yeah, I do I do regret that, that uh, she's going through this traumatic experience. Uh, but then he, he goes on to another subject. And he says, as long as we're on the subject of major disruptions, we're sending somebody to lead your team that'll keep an eye on you and an eye on the vision to make sure things happen. And he's like, oh, what, what time is it? Oh, he, he should actually be arriving there. And then we see a motorcycle come in to the, to the West Coast Avengers complex. And I think they see it on the monitor that somebody's arriving and they're like, who is this? And they all run to the front door. And through the silhouette, it looks like it's Captain America. And then they open the door and it's not Captain America. It's U.S. agent, Johnny Walker. <laughs> and he steps in, you know, he's wearing the black uh, captain uniform and he's got the uh, red, white and black shield. And, you know, it's pretty much the, the Captain America uniform, but it's, it's got black and it's got the, you know, a different front to it, but it's got the boots. It's got the little wings above his ears and he's got the shield and the gloves and everything like that. Uh, you saw Johnny Walker, us agent in a uh, Falcon winter soldier. That's when he was introduced to the MCU, uh, in the comic books, us agent, uh, actually became captain America for a while. Uh, Steve Rogers retired, you know, this whole big thing happened. And he says, I, I can't represent the government of America right now because I don't believe in anything that it's doing. And so he quit being Captain America. And eventually he came back as the captain in this black uniform with a silver shield. Um, and so the government recruited a brand new Captain America and it was Johnny Walker who had formerly been the Patriot and things like that. But again, I'm not going into back histories, but just a little bit there. And so there's another tie in to the MCU and the, the Disney plus shows. We have us agent here showing up here in this, in the West coast Avengers. And it, it's just kind of interesting that all these little things are, are falling into place so that this whole, so that this run uh, is tying in to several of the MCU shows. <laughs> uh, Moon Knight might have been a little tenuous, but hey, he was there. He was a member of the West Coast Avengers just before this storyline. And then, of course, Hawkeye, like I said, is a, is a shoe in there. Uh, so that's the end. That's the cliffhanger for this episode. Uh, but of course, just like the others have, it leads right in to issue 45. <laughs> And issue 45 of the West Coast Avengers is going to be the last issue that I cover today. And uh, the cover for this is is the cover that I showed on the episode art, where we have a giant white vision kind of standing in the middle, and there's steam and clouds and stuff going up. And then you see some of the other Avengers down below, like Wonder Man, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, Wasp, and Hank Pym. And it, it's kind of, it's a, it's a big reveal, right? Of what the new vision is going to look like. And this vision is where we got the white vision in the WandaVision show. I really enjoyed WandaVision and all of the elements they pulled from. And I really enjoyed this source material too. And so I, I, I like pulling those pieces together. And obviously I can't tie all the things that, 
the MCU has done over the years. Uh, but as I was watching WandaVision and the other shows, I kept coming back to this because the West Coast Avengers was was definitely one of my favorite comics back in the day. And I was reading it all during this stuff going on. And it's fun to read the beginning of runs, especially of good writers like John Byrne, who, you know, think big and bring big changes to everything. And we're going to see more of that uh, here in this issue of the West Coast Avengers. So let's Let's move in and let's see it. And so, yeah, the, the big reveal last time was that the U.S. agent, Johnny Walker, was the new member or the new leader of the West Coast Avengers. It goes back and forth. Sometimes they say he's just a member and sometimes they say he's the new leader. And it kind of goes back and forth with that. So I'm not quite sure and I can't remember exactly his role, but I believe the U.S. agent is associated with the West Coast Avengers for quite a while. So the title of this issue is New Faces, which definitely applies. And again, I want to read the opening captions here because they're so fun, and, and especially if they're creative and descriptive. And I, I always just find them a lot of fun. You know, Claremont and Byrne both do a really good job, and, and many others, but those two in particular I'm, I'm familiar with. And then they're really good at the narration of these things. And so... Let us begin. And the cover page is just looking at the face, the head, like a headshot of a U.S. agent. And so it says, Look closely at the face before you. It is the face of a man called the U.S. agent. It is the face of a man who, for a time at least, wore the uniform of this nation's greatest champion, Captain America. It is a face hewn to heroic proportions. Proud, true, rock-hard. And yet, perhaps those proportions are a trifle too much in the idealized mold. The jaw is perhaps a fraction too square, the iron-sinewed neck a bit too thick. Yet, in the fervor, the fierce pride of place and patriotism, which burns in the piercing eyes. Might we not detect a hint of madness? So yeah, I don't know. I just, I enjoy that kind of stuff. There's a lot of good dialogue coming up too. So uh, the next page we have U.S. agent kind of staring out the window in this big ballroom lounge area, I guess. There's a piano and couches and, and uh, that kind of thing. And the rest of the Avengers are just kind of sitting around. Now, Scarlet Witch isn't there, but I think everybody else is. You know, and Hawkeye is like still really upset. And he's like, you know, who is this guy? We we can't allow this to happen. And and Hank Pym's pretty much, you know, saying we don't have much of a choice here. And later on, he says, our charter requires us to go along with this. And Hawkeye's like. You know, the way things have been going around here for the past few days, it seems like everybody's forgotten I'm supposed to be the West Coast chairman. And then Mockingbird gets in his face and says, nobody's forgotten anything. She goes, unless you've forgotten, the Avengers can only operate because the government sanctions it. So if the boys in Washington want this guy to be our new member, all we can do is go along with it. And then Clint gets mad and says, we Avengers, our new member? Since when did you come back to this little family? You know, you quit the Avengers. And then he pretty much blames everything that's happened on her, you know, because of her involvement with the 
plot to get rid of Vision. And then Wasp pipes in and comes to Bobby's defense, still grumbling, and says, you know, we have to decide if we're going to put up with this geek. And then U.S. agent finally speaks up and, and speaks up for himself, you know, and says, I am now an Avenger, period. There's nothing to decide. And Clint gets mad and goes to punch him. And, of course, U.S. agent grabs his hand and, and turns it back and, you know, throws him away. And so I, I love the conflict here. You know, I mean, what kind of a team are you going to have with all this conflict? You know, uh, Clint's never been one to back down. He's always, you know, upset about something or whatever. But like I said, I, I like Hawkeye. I like Clint. He's he's a guy that you can root for, even though he gets in his own way so so often. And and again, much different from the Hawkeye we know from the MCU, but a really fun character. I've always enjoyed him. Then Simon steps in and he's like, okay, why don't you pick on somebody in your own league, buddy? And U.S. agents like, anytime, buddy. I mean, I he doesn't say that, but you know, he's, it's pretty much they're ready to go at each other. And Wasp stops them trying to bring some meaning of peace about everything. And Hank comes in and tries to, you know, explain again, there's nothing we can do about it. And Clint says, that's wrong. There's something I can do about it right now. He says, I quit. And he leaves, slams the door. He's gone. And now Mockingbird gets into U.S. agent's face and she gets mad and tells him if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't even be a West Coast Avengers branch of the Avengers. He founded the group. And now here's something that I forgot about. A uh, U.S. agent tells her, wrong. It was the Vision who conceived of this second group, and it was the Vision who appointed your husband chairman, the same Vision who subsequently attempted to take over the world, and whose return to active status as an Avenger is the main reason I'm here. So, I mean, he's he's not backing down either. And, you know, th there's a bit of John, John Walker that I really like, but he is off the rails and he is a jerk <laughs> and but i like the fact that he that he's not wishy-washy i mean he's he's solid he he wants to serve his country and that's what he's doing here and he's not going to back down and so mockingbird says she's going to go after clint and you know things start to settle down a little bit more interaction here between hank and janet here um, and you can tell you know they're they're pretty much getting back together. Uh, they go back, you know, he's still got stuff to do on the vision. So they go back to the vision and uh, Simon is there helping him. And Hank tells him that uh, he's been downloading or teaching him about the Avengers and about who he was and who everybody is in the Avengers, you know, giving him pretty much reprogramming him. He, he doesn't know quite what to do with the biosynthetic skin that uh, they removed. There was some some damage to it, so he's doing his best to repair that as well. And Simon wonders, you know, what the Scar how the Scarlet Witch is going to react to that. And so that segues to go to the Scarlet Witch. She's interviewing a new governess to watch over her boys, and uh, likes, uh, you know, explains that you know these are not your normal kids, and we're not the normal parents, and that kind of thing. She hires the lady. She's impressed with her, and she says, "Oh, oh," and then Hank. Calls up on the phone and says, Wanda, we need you over here. 
uh, at the lab for the vision and, and please, uh, put on your costume. <laughs> and it's kind of nice, you know, when Wanda is interviewing this governess, she's wearing normal clothes and she looks normal. And then she puts on her costume like Hank asked her to do. And she says, Oh, the, the boys are upstairs. They're asleep in the nursery. And Wanda leaves and the new governess goes upstairs to introduce herself to the boys or to check on them or whatever. And they're, they're gone. They've disappeared. So again, <laughs> we have this ongoing thing where Wanda's children keep disappearing. Uh, we have another little segue with Tigra. Um, she's still trying to get a hold of herself. Her face has changed. She now has her her face now has a pronounced what do you call that snout and her eyes are large and green and and cat's eyes i think she always had cat's eyes but these are she looks more animal like now and she's hungry she hasn't eaten in 3 days she wants something to eat but nothing sounds good and then uh she hears some birds and sees them outside and she goes no i can't do it i'm not an animal stop it but then you see her leap out the window so yeah, there's definitely stuff going on with Tigra that I'm sure will be explored in future issues of uh, the West Coast Avengers. Uh, Wanda shows up and she's ready to see her husband. Hank's trying to warn her that, you know, and it, she just doesn't seem to get it. And obviously she's in shock. She's in, she's, you know, had emotional trauma, but she just doesn't understand this isn't going to be the same vision that she's known and loved. And, you know, he's trying to warn her about it. You're saying he's not going to remember me. And Hank says, yeah, he's, he's going to remember you, but his perceptions might not be the same. He's like, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to explain. And then from behind her, you hear a mechanical voice. Well, you don't hear it because it's a comic book, but you hear, Perhaps it would be better if I did the explaining, Dr. Pym. She turns around. She sees the vision. He's he's all white. It's just his body, right? Like, like a naked body without any genitalia. <laughs> of course, it's a comic book. Uh, but he's all white. And she's like, vision? And she goes up to him and she kisses him. But there's no re response. He just stands there stoically, doesn't move, doesn't kiss her back, anything like that. And, you know, he asks her, is there some significance to this action? And, you know, again, Hank is trying to help her understand. He says, you know, he has all the information of who you are and who we all are, but his emotional connection to that information is gone. And she, she again, she's asking why, you know, how didn't you reprogram him? Does it doesn't, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, well, there's still one missing element. And then it goes off to another scene where we see uh, Simon, Wonder Man, sitting on the beach under the cliffs, and Scarlet Witch approaches him, and she asks him, she's like, Hank said that you wouldn't let him copy your brainwaves again to, to, for the vision. And he's like, yeah, I, that's true. I, I'm not going to do it. And she doesn't understand. She goes, I thought you were my friend thought you were Vision's friend. He's like, I am, but I don't know. And then he, <laughs> and now we get to go into backstory again for Simon this time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he starts saying, you know, 
He, I wasn't always a good guy. And he goes back into his backstory where he was a businessman that uh, was a competitor for Tony Stark, but he never, he was never as good as Tony Stark. And Baron Zemo used that and convinced him to let him bombard him with ionic rays and help him to get back at Iron Man and the Avengers, you know, pretty much. And so after that happened, he said he was reborn as Wonder Man. And, but Baron Zemo told him that the radiation, the ionic radiation would kill him in a week, but he had the antidote. And now you're going to be my slave and help me do whatever I want. And so Baron Zemo, along with uh, the Enchantress and the Executioner from Asgard, went to attack the Avengers. And so I guess uh, Simon kidnapped the Wasp and led the Avengers into a battle. Eventually, you know, like like many Avengers adversaries do, they grow to respect the ideals that the Avengers stand for. And so he turned against Zemo and helped the Avengers win the battle, but then he died. So remember before when I was talking about he died for some reason? Well, this is the reason <laughs> that he died. And so, you know, the Avengers... Uh, couldn't bring him back, but Hank Pym at the time was able to record his brainwave patterns and store them for some reason. You know, I don't know why they did that. What what were they going to do with his brain patterns? But And then, as the story goes that we've heard before, Ultron 5 came, took the brainwave patterns, and put them into the Vision. And that's how the Vision got Simon's uh, brainwaves, like we've already learned. But then apparently, Simon's brother, Eric, worked with uh, the Black Talon, who I guess is a villain that has voodoo powers, and wanted the Black Talon to bring his brother back to life. And so he was resurrected as a mindless, not a zombie, but a Zuvembi. I, I, I don't know enough to know what the difference is between a zombie and a Zuvembi. But anyway, um, so again, he was used to attack the Avengers, but this time he was just a mindless person, except he wasn't. He says the Zuvembi remembered the man that he had been, and Simon Williams lived again. <laughs> and there's then we go back to Wanda and Simon, and there's a funny bit where he says, to shorten a long story you already know... <laughs> I mean, he's telling us, he's telling her all these details of all this story, and it's something that she already knows. So that's kind of funny. But apparently he hadn't actually died, and that the ionic ray that Zemo exposed him to just mutated, you know, he, he says a mutagenic change in his cell structure, and that he was just kind of like in a crystallis stage to emerge as Wonder Man. <laughs> and so she's like, yes, as you say, Simon, I know all of this. And knowing it doesn't help me understand why you won't um, help me recopy the brain pattern. So, I mean, in a comic book, you know, Stanley always said, you have to assume that this might be somebody's first comic. And so, you know, Byrne is, is laying the groundwork here for people that don't know anything about, have never read uh, all these old Avengers comics, which I had never had. So I always appreciate it when they did this because I came to the Avengers, you know, later in the game, you know, he, he, he's having a hard time explaining himself why he doesn't 
want to. And, you know, he says, the vision was like a part of me, Wanda. You know, he had called him a brother earlier. You know, his basic nature was mine. His feelings, his emotions. And she's like, yeah. And he needs those again because he's just a robot. He he resembles my husband, but he's not him. Only you can do that. He's like, I know, but I just can't do it. I before I didn't have a choice and now I do. And he's like, you know, for, forgive me, Wanda. And then as Wanda often does, once she, once her emotional appeals don't work, she gets angry and she says, I hate you. And she slaps him in the face. And, you know, the narration here says that this, he barely felt the slap, but the emotions behind it brought a tear to his eye or whatever. And he's like, please listen to me. She goes, I've listened enough. And she storms off. And as she does, she kind of waves her hand. And the entire cliffside breaks off and falls down onto Wonder Man, onto Simon. And again, just these huge display. And it's it's amazing to see the artwork here and to, to see that happen. And, and just the display of raw power that, that the Scarlet Witch has, she's never been used this way. As far as I know, she's always just been kind of this little hand wavy, you know, hex power kind of person that can do things. But the way John Byrne is using her here, it's, it's, it's amazing. And obviously led right into the Wanda that we know from the MCU and her emotional instability is, is also shown there. Uh, but yeah, just great artwork here. But, you know, he's Wonder Man. So <laughs> he's able to, you know, push the rocks off of him, get out of there. And then he just gets angry and all of his emotions are pent up. And he screams and he flies off into space. And it just reminded me of uh, Superman the movie, you know, when Lois Lane dies. And Christopher Reeve Superman screams this emotional scream and he flies into the air and he flies around the world and turns it around and changes time and brings Lois back. This is really reminiscent of that. And, you know, it, the narration talks about how neighbors in or neighboring cities can hear this scream and wonder what it is. And he just flies and it just shows him in anguish. And basically, you know, Simon is in love with the Scarlet Witch, which makes sense if the Vision fell in love with Scarlet Witch and had the same brain patterns that Simon did. Then Simon also has feelings for her, but he can't say that. He, you know, and so it's sad. And uh, we'll see, well, we won't talk about that, but in later episode, later issues of the comic, you know, it deals with that. Now we go back to the Avengers mansion and U.S. agent is all mad and upset at the vision because he wants him to put on some clothes, <laughs> you know, because that's the decent thing to do. <laughs> and I, I love the, I, I love uh, the vision's response here. He's like, your position is not logical, sir. Humans wear clothes for any combination of three reasons. Protection, modesty, or vanity. None of these applies to me. 
<laughs> and so they're arguing and Wanda is watching um, and she's listening to her husband with the monotone robotic voice and she just can't, you know, it's not her husband. So she's, she's upset about that. And Wasp comes in and says, here, here's what's left of your, your old uniform, your old clothes. Maybe you can do something with them. <laughs> and so the vision takes it. He says, oh yes, I can change this material just like I can change my body. And so he does whatever he does with it. And he, he puts on it. So it looks like he has clothes on and he, and he has a cape. What does he say here? There's, there's some more good dialogue here from him. Dr. Pym has reprogrammed my memory banks with all the details he could remember of my past existence. Therefore, I'm quite aware of my role as a superhero and the significance of flamboyant costume in that vocation. <laughs> uh, and then he says, you know, well, this suffice. And U.S. agent's like, well, I guess it does. At least it looks like you got clothes on. <laughs> and then Wanda's like, why are you bleaching out all of your color? You know, why don't you go back? And he's like, if I am to be called the vision, is it not logical for me to look the part? Spectral? Unearthly? And I thought that was a really good point. The vi- He's a vision. When you see a vision, you might see a ghost or an angel or something like that. And then good old Hank comes in with more information <laughs> and pretty much substantiates Professor Horton's allegations that the vision is not based on the old human torch android you know he he said he did a detailed analysis of every part of the vision as he was resembling him and there's no way that it could have ever been the the original human torch and then we're here to the last page and we have janet and hank walking down the hall and she's kind of saying well that was kind of stupid to bring that up you know wanda didn't take that very well you you should have you know, waited or whatever. And then they're going to go out to dinner and enjoy a meal or whatever. And uh, then as they're walking by U.S. agent's room or John Johnny Walker's room, they, they hear him talking and Wasp wants to look in the keyhole, but he's put tape over it or something. So she can't look in, but they can kind of hear what he's saying. And it sounds like he's talking on the phone. You know, he's saying they're all kind of wild and undisciplined, but I think I can whip whip them into shape. They're good people at heart, strong people. You'll like them. It's too bad about the Scarlet Witch, though. And so he's just talking like this. And then we see him in his room, sitting on the end of his bed, talking to two pictures of his parents. He say, yeah, I know, Ma. It's like you and Pa always said. And he said, so he's talking to his dead parents through their pictures. And so, yeah, they're there's something a bit off about the U.S. agent. He's not all there. And, you know, I could do a whole other episode, and maybe I will someday, on that whole era of the Captain America comic book when Captain America left and John Walker came in and was Captain America and how all that went down. But I would have to try to figure out how to do that because it's over quite a few issues of the comic. So I, would, I wouldn't be able to do as as an in-depth thing as I've done here today. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Um, and that's the end of my recanting of all of this stuff. And it, it's not a great, it's not like it didn't end. You know, if this was supposed to be the vision quest, it, it really didn't have like a, 
a big ending to it. There was no big conflict at the end or whatever. And in a way, I kind of like that because it doesn't have to be. This is an ongoing comic book. It's not like a limited series or a an annual or something like that. And so I guess just a little bit of tie, tying up some of the loose ends. But again, it's like a soap opera, right? It's a comic book. But Hawkeye and Mockingbird go off and, and he creates a, the new team of the Great Lakes Avengers, which is a lot of fun. And because, uh, you know, he doesn't want to be part of the, the main Avengers anymore. So he's going to build his own team. And so he goes to out by the Great Lakes. I can't remember where it is, but and, you know, the, those those people um, do end up in the comics throughout the, the members of the Great Lakes Avengers. They show up uh, throughout the years after this. And so he's kind of off doing that. And Mockingbird is there with him. They kind of make up during this trip or whatever, or during this time. Um, eventually, I think it was issue 50 of the West Coast Avengers. They do find and resurrect the original android of the Human Torch. Uh, and apparently Ultron didn't use the original android. He used spare parts that Dr. Horton had. And they talk with Toro's. Remember, the original Human Torch had a sidekick named Toro. Well, you know, he, he had ended up marrying, Toro ended up marrying somebody. And so they, they got with, you know, learn. There was this whole investigative thing and kind of retconning the, all the history that we already know about the vision and the body and the original Human Torch. And they are able to bring, I think Scarlet Witch is even the one that does it, resurrects the original human torch and, and he's alive. And, uh, he, I think he becomes a member of the West coast Avengers for a bit after that. And so they bring back the original human torch, which is kind of cool. And then the stuff about poor, uh, Wanda's children, they keep disappearing. She finally realizes that her governesses aren't lying to her. And actually Agatha Harkness comes and talks to her because at one point Agatha Harkness was like a mentor uh, to Scarlet Witch and was teaching her things about magic and things, whatever, you know, Agatha Harkness was not, you know, in, in the comics, Agatha Harkness has never been a villain. She's always been helpful. You know, she was Franklin's nanny for the fantastic four. She came and helped Scarlet Witch and was, so she's associated with, with both teams, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. And she's always been helpful. And it's kind of interesting that they made her a villain in one, in the WandaVision. Uh, but anyway, she, she comes and she tries to help Wanda, Wanda with her children. And she helps Wanda understand that her children were never real. They were actually, I can't remember how it all is explained, but basically her children were of the essence of Mephisto somehow. And we find this out when they, they encounter, oh, what's his name? Oh, Master Pandemonium, who's an interesting villain for sure that was in the early issues of the West Coast Avengers. And he made a deal with Mephisto that went bad. And he basically, he lost his arms and legs. And so now, his arms and legs are replaced by demons from Mephisto's realm or whatever. So he's, he's a head and a torso, but his limbs are 
that he uses are those of other demons, which is interesting. And there's this really morbid, creepy thing where because Wanda's children are just of the essence of Mephisto, he makes the twins, these redheaded twins, his arms. And so you have his body and then coming out of each, you know, there's this arm, but his hands are the heads of her children. And it's just horrific, man, and terrible. And it throws her further off a loop. I mean, she she doesn't have it easy. John Byrne, man, he he laid into Scarlet Witch and it probably led to the whole stuff with the House of M. And maybe I'll do that someday, too, on here, because I've never actually read the House of M. So that would be interesting to do for a show. But I think I'm done for today, guys. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Finally, hopefully it's worth the wait. And I've wanted to do it, yeah, for the last year. And and I'm now just getting around to it. So (laughs) I don't know how long this is going to be. It's probably going to be a couple hours by the time I get done with it. But uh, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this trip into the comics cave and I'll be back again. I think uh, I'm probably going to talk about uh, something from DC. So, yes, I, I will see you again here in the comics cave. Uh, watch your head on the way out, please. The audio from this podcast is exclusive to patreon.com slash journeyinto. Jay and Miles explain the X-Men. They have a a page. They call it the Visual Companion. And I can't even think of the service that it's on right now. It's not Twitter. It's not Facebook. It's not Instagram. It's one of those other ones. Anyway. And so they they have little uh, snapshots from the inside of the comics that they're talking about. And, uh, maybe I should try to figure something out like that. Like maybe I should try to figure something out like that for this comics cave. So you can see what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat>